morning. Welcome to the adventure. I'm so happy to see you here. I love that, the whole CVSOM thing. It's so cool. It's, it's so amazing to see people that really want to answer the call that God has on their lives. And I think each and every one of us, we, we know that we were created for something more. And, and I think it's really cool that these guys are able to really embrace that and, and really become everything that God's called them to be, even though, like Joey said, you know, it can be, can be rough. Um, last week, I don't know, for those of you who are here, it was, a, it was an epic Sunday. We had uh, nine baptisms, which was amazing. So can we give God the glory on that one? It was, it was interesting because we only had three people sign up, and then we ended up having nine baptisms, so that was kind of an impromptu thing, which was sweet. Um, in the future, we're probably going to plan a little bit. Uh, we're going to do like a teaching on baptism one week, and then the next week we'll actually have it, so you can invite your family and friends. So I apologize to those families who weren't able to be uh, in here to witness the baptism of their family members, but to God be the glory. And yesterday, if I lose my voice, it's because yesterday we had the Draper Days. We had our our booth over there, and I was uh, with James Steed. We were doing the soccer kicking thing, so I was cheering a lot. So I put a lot of strain on my voice. I was thinking yesterday, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have a voice tomorrow. So today we're continuing in our series on the Sermon on the Mount Jesus preached this sermon, and it seemed like a really good idea when, when we first started. <laughs> and then we got into it. It's like, wow, Jesus is not messing around. He's tough, which is good. But this week, I was, I was particularly convicted. Um, it's um, promises, promises, what Jesus says about vows and oaths. So we're getting into that section. And you wouldn't think that it would be something that would be really convicting, but then when I started to really dig into it and really see what, what's all encapsulated in this concept, it was, I realized I have a long way to go. And I loved, again, I loved what Joey said when he said, being a Marine, you don't ever start something you don't finish. And that's kind of the concept of, of making a promise or making a vow is that, you know, you, you keep your promise and you keep your word. And so this morning, we're just going to be talking about what the Bible says about it. I don't know. Am, am I ringing a little bit? Okay. Um, how many of you heard these things? I swear to God. Yeah. I'm dying if I'm lying. You ever heard that one? <laughs> Cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Wow. That's gruesome. May lightning strike me if I'm lying. I pinky promise. I swear on a stack of Bibles. Because one's not good enough, right? You have to have a stack. <laughs> I think the only power from the Bible comes when you actually open it up. Or one that I hate, particularly, I swear on my mother's grave. I'm quite offended by that. So today we're going to talk about um, Matthew, 30, uh, Matthew 5, verses 33 through 37. It says, you've also heard our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows that you make to the Lord. But I say, okay, so again, G, Matthew is, a, is Jewish, and he's talking to Jewish people. So when he says, you, you've heard again, he's, uh, once again, you've heard our ancestors have said, notice that he doesn't say the scriptures say. He's saying, you've heard it said, which means it was just like a tradition, like a religious ritual that they, that they said. It's, um, 
you must carry out the vows that you make to the Lord. And then Jesus, of course, always being countercultural, says, but I say, don't make any vows. Do not say or swear. Not like, as they say in the South, not like cussing. Not like that kind of swearing, but to swear that you're going to do something. Don't swear by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And don't say by earth, because the earth is his footstool. And don't say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Don't even say or swear by my head, for you can't even turn one hair white or black. Your kids can, however. (laughs) But (laughs) just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond that is from the evil one. Wow, that packs a punch, huh? Anything beyond that is from, pinky promises are from the evil one. (laughs) James 5.12 says, most of all, so anytime starts with that, most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. You don't really think about it that way when you're like, no, I swear I did it. Mom, I swear I cleaned my room, right? It's, Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't swear. Your, your word should just be your word. And I was thinking this morning, you know, if someone has to tell you that they're honest, they probably aren't. It should be pretty apparent by their lifestyle. And my question for us today, including me, is are you a person of your word? Do you keep your word? Either things you promised in the past or do you overpromise? And so we're going to kind of cover a lot of the different aspects of, of promises and, and giving your word and, and making vows. Um, and so, of course, you have to wonder, well, are all promises bad? Some are good, right? Like, I promise to love and to honor, honor and cherish and keep you, right? Wedding vows. Obviously, God doesn't frown on wedding vows. Or when you, um, if you have to go to court and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, right? Or giving your word and actually keeping it, being a person of integrity. And that's what we're going to talk about, how to be a person of your word, how to be a person of integrity and not fudge it because it's really, really critical because words are so important. If you think about it, the Lord created the heavens and the earth with a word. Our words have the power, like the Proverbs say, of, of life and death. You can either bring life to people or death to people. I was thinking about some things that some people had said to me years and years ago that still have a little bit of a sting when I think about it. And I'm sure you all have an example that comes to mind of something that someone said to you that just really just hurts still. Not that you haven't forgiven, but just that in you know some instances you can't even believe someone would say something like that. Proverbs 18.21, as I said, the tongue can bring either life or death, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Some translations say that they will eat the fruit of their, of their words. And so you want to keep your words really sweet because you might have to eat them. So um, Napoleon Bonaparte said the best way to keep your word 
is not to give it. Now, I, I, I don't necessarily want us to emulate Napoleon Bonaparte, but that's a good quote. <laughs> so in other words, not all promises are bad. Some promises are good. But the warning in the Bible is don't, don't overcommit. Don't make promises that you can't keep. And so we're going to talk a little bit about broken promises. You know, I remember the day um, when I went in to get my first car. Now, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota, and everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew where everybody lived, and nobody really ever even locked the door. I mean, it was, it was just this, you know, sleepy little town. But I can remember going in to buy my first car and just my dad just shaking hands with the, ba- with the banker. That was enough. Yep, she'll pay back the loan. My dad was a co-signer, which the Bible says you shouldn't do. <laughs> but my dad was a co-signer for me. And that was enough. Just handshake was enough. Now, it's like, how many of you purchased a car recently? I mean, there's a stack of papers. By a, buying a house, it's a stack of papers like this. It's like you get a cramp from just signing it. It's contract after contract and promise after promise and all of that. And, and it's because, ultimately... We live in a society that doesn't really trust. We don't really trust people's words. And what is the reason for not trusting people's words? Anybody? Yeah. People don't keep their promises. Another quote is, um, promises are like babies. They're really fun to make, but really difficult to deliver. (laughs) Don't take that too far. Um, The next one, Abraham Lincoln said, we must not promise what we ought not, lest we be called to perform what we cannot. I'm going to say that again. We must not promise what we ought not, lest we are called on to perform what we cannot. In uh, Matthew 12, Jesus says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. The word idle means not going anywhere. Like when you sit in your car and idle, that's what it's saying. These are words that just, they have no no weight. They don't take you anywhere. They don't give you any uh, further progress or they they don't mean a thing. They're just throwaway words. Because it says your words will either acquit you or condemn you. And as I, as I studied this and I was reading this, what, what the context was when Jesus is talking is what had happened was that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they, they had like certain levels of honesty. So they would, never, they would swear, they would say, oh, well, I didn't really mean that promise because I swore by Jerusalem. Or I didn't really mean that. I mean... That promise, I don't have to carry that promise out because I swore by something else. And so ultimately, Jesus is just busting them, just saying, you guys, you should just, you, you should just keep your word. You should just say a simple yes or no. You shouldn't have to swear by anything because that was kind of the way that the Pharisees skirted the issues and didn't actually keep their promise. There were certain things they would not swear by because they knew what the, what the Old Testament had to say, what the law had to say about not making vows and not making promises. We'll get into that a little bit later. But ultimately, what it comes down to is God hates lying. And so, 
So essentially, what Jesus is saying is, you guys are lying. When you say, oh, well, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't promise by that. I just promised by this. So it doesn't mean anything, which ultimately is not true. So anything that is not true is a? So I, I think, you know, the Bible is really clear. It doesn't say that God hates many things, but it does say that one of the things that he hates is a lying tongue. He hates a lying tongue. And how easy is it for us to just say things and not be honest? And I think, I think you know, I just think of examples of myself when I say things and I'm like, oh no, words are coming out of my mouth. And then I realize it's a lie. And then I have a choice at that point either. I say, you know what, I'm sorry, that, that was an exaggeration or that wasn't true. Or I'm so sorry I said that. I got so busted a couple months ago because I was gonna. I was, I was on my daughter's phone and um, <laughs> and I was gonna send her like a kind of a creepy message just as a joke, and um, I accidentally sent her an audio message, and so she called me from her boyfriend's phone and was like, "Are you on my phone?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> the whole night I couldn't sleep, so I was so stupid. So I had to get up the next morning, and I had to say, ah, I need to confess something to you. I said, I'm so sorry, but I bold-faced lied to you. I said no when the answer was clearly yes. <laughs> and so it's just so easy. It's like sometimes it's so easy for words to just roll off your tongue or to make a promise because, you know, you want to be nice, right? You, you, want to, you want people to like you and you, you know, and maybe it, in the depth of your heart, you actually really do want to keep that promise. But then you kind of take a step back and you realize, I can't keep that promise. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't be too hasty in doing that. And don't say things that you can't do. Another thing is, um, I was just talking to somebody before service and and uh, they, they swore me to secrecy about something. And if you swear someone to secrecy, then if you tell someone else, ultimately, then you're lying. Again, or even gossiping. You know, the Bible says that a gossip betrays a confidence. And so I think the importance, again, of just our words and the import and the impact that they have. And I'm always convicted. There's a scripture in uh, Proverbs 16. It says, um, uh, he who, uh, hold on one second. Where words are many, sin is not absent. But whoever holds his tongue is wise. Oh, I get so convicted by that. Don't you? Do you get convicted by that? Is it just me? I'm the only one? Okay. I'll just preach to myself. <laughs> John eight forty four. speaking of lying, Jesus is, says, you are children of your father, the devil. And now earlier on, he, he is addressing, he's not addressing non-believers. It says he was addressing those who believed in him. It says, you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when we lie, when our daughter asks us if we're on her phone and we say no, 
we're doing the work of the devil. I mean, I don't mean to like, like over-spiritualize it, but a lie is a lie. And a little white lie can turn into, again, I don't believe in white lies. They're all lies. They're all black. But it's so easy that you can kind of start to get into the habit of that. And once you start to lie one time, it's like it, you, you kind of have, you get caught up in it and you become what they call a compulsive liar. So much so that you don't even realize, why am I lying about this? I mean, that's, that's who I used to be. I would lie about stuff and I go, why did I lie about that? Like it wasn't even necessary. Just because it, it had become so habitual. It was such a part of my life. In 1991, I don't know if you guys remember this, but someone wrote a book called The Day America Told the Truth. Do you guys remember that book? Um, there are some pretty frightening statistics in that book. 91% of all people stated that they lie on a regular, daily basis. 91%. Nudge a person next to you and go, are you the one? <laughs> the one who doesn't. <laughs> say they lie to their parents regularly. I think that's probably not true. I think somebody was lying when they answered these questions. 69% stated that they lie consistently to their spouse. Okay, so today I guess it's just true confessions for me. Confession is cleansing for the soul, right? So... Back when Eric was alive, um, he, he would have admitted this. So, I mean, I'm not exposing anything, but he was not the greatest when it came to money. He, I called him Bernie burn a hole because, you know, anytime he had money, he would burn a hole in his pocket and he'd have to spend it. And so it got to the point where, where I started to manage the finances. And, um, and I started, I was doing some speaking engagements. And so I started getting a little bit of extra money that he didn't know about. And so I opened up my own bank account without telling him. You guys are all judging me, aren't you? (laughs) I know it. It's all right. (laughs) And that just weighed on me for for months. And and I I just want to say this. If you're married, don't have separate bank accounts. Because you're one. You have to kind of work through your whatever issues are with money. Eric and I struggled to work through because I'm a saver and he's a spender. And so just I just feel like there's there's a there's a spiritual dynamic. And this is just my opinion. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but I just think it's it's really important to be one in every aspect if you are indeed married. Um I was protecting myself. The reason that I, that I opened up that separate bank account, it was fear that led me to do it, which was stupid because ultimately my trust should have been in the Lord. But it weighed on me for several months. And ultimately, I had to go to him and I had to confess it. And it was really humiliating. He didn't make it so. He was just like, babe, I forgive you. I totally understand. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm saying it's sin, so you shouldn't do the same thing. But lying to your spouse is, that's just, 
there's, there's something deep about that. There's something really deep about lying to your spouse. Don't lie to your spouse. Get your secrets out in the light. Um, 75% of all people said they lie regularly to their friends. 50%, 50, one out of two people say they regularly call into work sick, even though they weren't sick. Again, nudge a person next to you and say, don't do that. I did call in one time. Um, I called my boss and I, I called in and I said, hey, I'm not going to come into work today because I'm sick and tired of working every day. <laughs> so she gave me the day off. Um, almost the same number of Christians steal from the workplace as non-Christians. There's another quote. If you tell me the truth all the time, I can believe you all the time. But if you only tell me the truth part of the time, I can't believe you any of the time. Little white lies lead to bigger lies. Okay, here's, here's one. Yeah, I'll come and help you move. And then after they've moved, you're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Some stuff came up at home. You're all convicted now, aren't you? Because <laughs> we do that, don't we? We overpromise. Instead of just saying, you know what? I don't really like to move. And I don't really want to help you move. <laughs> I don't know how much better that is. but <laughs> Or here's one. I will be there promptly at 3 o'clock. And then what happens when it's 3 o'clock? You're not there. Again, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. I... I'm typically two minutes late. <laughs> I don't know why I try so hard not to be late. I'm always two minutes late. Don't, don't start watching me, though. But in our early years of the church, we, um, when we first planted the church, because we were super desperate for people to come, and so we would always wait to start the service. The service was supposed to start at 10, and we would always wait. Oh, well, maybe if we, if we wait, then people will start to show up. And... At one point, we just thought, you know what? Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you say the service is supposed to start at 10 o'clock, start at 10 o'clock. So I know most of you don't know this, but we do start promptly at 9 o'clock and at 11 o'clock. And because we just felt like, why, sh why should we just wait? That's just accommodating people not letting their yes be yes. I don't mean to sound too harsh here. I'm just, it's just... I know that I'm really guilty of this, of not being on time. But again, th the thing to do if you are going to be late, just make sure you text that person and explain so that they can relax because you don't want to steal their time from them. There are broken promises, as we all know, and we discussed a few weeks back, broken promises in marriage. You know, when that cute couple is standing there making their vows that they're going to lay down their lives for one another and serve one another and love one another and forgive one another and all of those things. And then little by little, the bitterness starts to enter and they stop being kind. They stop speaking words of encouragement. They stop serving each other, start to hold a grudge. These are all broken promises. When you say your wedding vows, and, and for those of you who are married, I strongly recommend if you still have a copy of your wedding vows, go back and reread them once in a while and lay it before the Lord and, and I mean,
confess it to each other. Say, you know what? I haven't done this in our marriage. I haven't served you like Christ served the church. I haven't. Don't start now. I'm just, wait till you get home. <laughs> I see you starting to talk to each other. Um, broken promises are as far as fidelity. Obviously, that's a huge betrayal. Huge betrayal. And the promise to stay together. No matter what, sickness, health, better, worse, richer, poorer, stay together. Here's another one. In friendships, promising, promising honesty with your friends. Promising that, that if you see something in them or if they see something in you, that you say something to one another. You know, that they don't have to guess if you're mad at them, that you say, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings when I just had something happen this week. I had a misunderstanding with a, with a dear friend of mine. And um, we were just, we were talking and, and I said, well, I kind of need to talk to you about something. She goes, oh, have I hurt you? And I said, actually, yeah, you did. She's like, oh, what did I do? And I told her, what she had done, and of course, it was a completely misinterpreted context. So she started talking and, and apologizing and explaining. I said, you can just stop right now because I totally misunderstood. I'd like to give you the details, but I can't expose her. But when you're, when you're in a friendship, be that friend, that you don't just hold it against them, but you go to them and say, hey, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings when you said such and such or when you did such and such or when you, you know, just be that person. That's the most loving thing. Because I could have had this little issue with this friend of mine and I could have held it against her without having any idea whatsoever that I had misunderstood something. So be that kind of a friend. Be a faithful friend in that way to tell your friend the truth. And if they ask you if they're, if they're, Butt looks big in their pants. Tell them. I mean, be nice, but, but tell them. They're asking you because they really do want to know. Doing unto others as you would have them do. This probably doesn't apply to a lot of men, but just, you know, be honest with your friend. Okay, here's another one. This is really convicting to me. Um, when you promise, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. <clears throat> I have to almost always pray immediately whenever I say that because I know me. I've known me most of my life, and I know that I will probably forget. And so I, I, really, if, I really will rarely say at this point, I'll pray for you if I really don't mean it. I would rather just pray with you right now, being slightly ADD. I would rather just pray right now so that I know that I'm not making a false promise. So... In the same way, don't tell people you're going to pray for them if you're really not going to pray for them. I mean, just, you, you don't have to. Nobody's making, and again, it's like, we want to be nice. We want to be kind. We want to be liked. We want to appear maybe a little more holy than we are. But just, if you're going to promise to pray for somebody, do write it down. I mean, text yourself or, you know, put it in your reminders on your calendar to pray for so-and-so. And, and not, don't break that vow. That's a, that's a really big vow to break. Another one, broken promises to pay. You promise to pay something, and then you don't. I really think, um, again, this is just Jody. This, I'm not 
thing. I just think, you know, the Bible makes a pretty clear case against credit. And I'm not saying, like, if you have a credit card and you charge it and then you pay it off every month. But having this credit for whatever, I just think that it breeds impatience. You're just like, I want it now. I want that RV now. You know? So, it's really quiet in here. So, um, I sold Eric's motorcycle a couple months back. And... I asked a certain amount of money, and this young man came uh, and looked at it, and he decided to buy it, but he was $200 short of what I was asking for it, and he promised that he'd come back and pay. So, Tyler, I'm coming for you. <laughs> he, he never came back, and I texted him. I'm like, hi, this is Jody the Widow that you bought the motorcycle from. <laughs> By the way... <laughs> So when are you going to be able to bring over the extra $200? So I'm still waiting. Psalm 15 says, Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Who may worship in your sanctuary? It says, Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord. And, read this together with me, keep their promises even when it, keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent, such people will stand firm forever. I have been convicted by this verse so many times throughout my walk with the Lord to keep your oath, keep your promise, even when it hurts. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything, anything that you promise, be a person of integrity. We can break our promises to God. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize what time it was. I need to get going. Okay, we're going to fly through these. Ecclesiastes 5. When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to God. It's better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, don't delay to pay it, for it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. However, if you refrain from vowing, it would not be sin in you. You shall be careful to perform what goes out from your lips, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised. Numbers 30. A man who makes a vow to the Lord or makes a pledge under oath must never break it. He must do exactly what he said he would do. Genesis 28. Jacob made a vow saying, Of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Jonah 2. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Promises that we make to God's church, when we, to, to the body of Christ, to the people of God. It says, you shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Call upon the name of the Lord. Pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all his people. Psalm 35, then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. And Hebrews 10, 25, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, Eric used to always say that, oh, you know, 
it's not that important to go to church. He and I disagreed on this, by the way, because for me, I think the Bible makes a case that it's really important for us to be together. There's a different dynamic when we come together and sing and worship the Lord. There's a different dynamic. Of course, we want to have our quiet, intimate times with the Lord in our prayer closet and reading, but there's something about being with the body of Christ that's really significant. Um, First Samuel 1, Hannah set, made a vow and said, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and a razor shall never come to his head. This is why we dedicate babies. It's kind of the same thing as dedicating our children to the Lord. Making rash promises. Resist the temptation to promise. If you know you can't keep it, just resist the temptation. It's better to just not say anything. Proverbs 20 says, don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. Here, oh, this is a most blaring example of a rash vow that was given in the Old Testament. It's Jephthah. He made the vow to the Lord and he said, if you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. I'm assuming he was thinking it would be like his dog or maybe his cat. Maybe he didn't like cats and he was hoping that the cat would come out. But instead, Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites and the Lord gave him victory. He crushed the Ammonites, devastating about 20 towns from there. In his way, Israel defeated the Ammonites. When Jephthah returned to Mizpah, his daughter came out to meet him. Playing on a tambourine and dancing for joy, she was his one and only child. He had no other sons or daughters. Isn't that so tragic? When he, cried, when he saw her, he tore his clothes in anguish. Oh, my daughter, he cried out, you've completely destroyed me. You've brought disaster on me, for I have made a vow to the Lord, and I cannot take it back. Um, Acts 5 talks about Ananias and Sapphira, and they, they say that they had, they had sold this property, and then they promised to give to the Lord the money that, you know, they, and then they ended up getting struck dead. You know, that would, that would be really motivating these days. If, <laughs> if we knew that we make a promise, and if we don't do it, we're just going to get struck dead. Um, keeping, keep your promises. You, hear, you would hear it said of people of integrity, he, that guy's a man of his word. His word is as good as gold, or her word is as good as gold, or you can trust whatever she says. You hear that spoken of people. That is a very high compliment, or he's a, he's a man of integrity. You can believe what he says. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, don't make rash promises. Don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven, and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. So in conclusion, I just want to say, clearly Jesus made it so basic when he says, just say yes or no. Don't complicate things and don't try to skirt your way around and don't try to kind of half promise and pinky promise and, you know, stick a needle in your eye. None of that. Jesus is just like, yes or no. Just be a person who, when you say yes, people can count on you. They know that you're going to be a person of your word. And don't lie by making promises you can't keep or by saying things you don't mean. Let your yes be yes and your no be no.
Because God made so many promises to us. And the Bible says he will never break one of them. He will never break a single promise. His promises are to never leave us and to never forsake us. His promise is to love us with an everlasting love. And I want to emphasize this again. God's promise is to love us no matter what. Of course, that doesn't give us the license to just go out and do whatever we want to do. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we're his kids. He adores us. So much so that he was willing to take the hit for us. He was willing to send his own boy, his one and only, to die on the cross so that we could live. So that, like Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 6, you know, let, let, let cold touch my tongue so that my words can be pure. He wants to purify us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So could you stand with me now? Could we just go before the Lord? And, and, and again, I hope nobody feels condemned. If the Holy Spirit's convicting you, then hallelujah. Because the only reason the Holy Spirit ever convicts us is because he wants to make us more and more like him. He wants to make us more and more in his image. And Jesus said of himself, he is truth. So can we... Don't make this vow if you, if you really don't think you can keep it, but can we lay this before the Lord and really surrender this to the Lord together? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for making things so plain to us <clears throat> in this passage. To just let our yes be yes. Let our no be no. Lord, let us be people of our word. <clears throat> Excuse me, I pray. I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on us, God, that you would convict us where we need to be convicted. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and your kindness that leads us to repentance. Lord, and, and we just, we come to you and we just say, we have not been people of our word, Lord. Our yes has not always been yes. Our no has not always been no. And God, we just come before you now. We confess to you, Lord. We confess our sins to you, God, so that we can be forgiven and cleansed. If, if, you're, if you're convicted of this, can you just raise, well, I'm going to raise both hands. We just raise, we raise our hands, Lord, as a sign to you, God, that we have not been honest all the time. We have not been people of integrity. Lord, we have not always spoken the truth, not always spoken the truth in love. Lord, we have not always kept our promises. God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Help us change, God. We are helpless and hopeless without you. And so we just ask, God, that you would come in like a flood. Lord, and speak your words of hope to us. We thank you for your everlasting love, God. We thank you for your forgiveness. And we just praise you in the name of Jesus. And if you have never come into a relationship with Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity now. If you've never received the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offered on the cross, today you can know him. You can come into a relationship with your maker. 
If that's you, I just want to ask you to, to come forward and talk to me after the service. And I'd like to just speak a blessing over the rest of you. Lord, I pray for your blessings, God, on these people. Lord, I thank you for your word, for your word is truth. I pray that you'd go before every one of these people, Lord, and you would just help them to grow more and more in your image, Lord. You would bless them and keep them. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Love you guys. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, not taking revenge on people, but what we should do when we're offended. So I hope you'll come back and not be offended.